two, three. So, um, we back on the AP show. We got... It's the kid, Joe Cornejo. Yada Yada Podcast. How one of three jams. Man, so, um, I saw you at the Kai Cutler show. So, um, how'd you end up getting booked in for that? Uh, I kind of built a relationship with Kai Colors and his manager Jesse, like kind of like throughout this last year, I had Kyle Colors on my podcast as an artist because I, I was a fan. Of him. I saw him perform at the Juvie Truth show he did like a, about a year ago, mm-hmm. and then that's how I first met Kyle. And then he came on my podcast. We did the interview. He and like he let us know that on the podcast that he 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 was being scouted by Def Jam and whatnot at one point when he dropped around the time he dropped House Party, and so he was like already like making waves. Like, kind of in the industry, but in the city, he was, like, a name I was hearing about when I first started, like, really getting involved. And I was, so I listened to his music. I was a fan of it. And so I got him on the podcast. And then later that year, or, like, late, like, middle of last year, I put together a Yada Yada Showcase, and he performed on it, too. So, like, that kind of that kind of always been, like, kind of like, our, our, I guess, a foundation for our relationship. And then his manager reached out to me on Instagram, like, yo, would you like to host Kyle Color Show? So, yeah, for sure. I'd love, I'd love to. So it was dope. It was a fun time. Yeah, it was pretty lit. I met you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, funny. Um, what's new? What's new? Uh, I'm going to Goatee. I never had this before, so that's new. <laughs> but, uh, so I got that. Uh, man, nothing really new for me, like, per se, in terms of, like, this, like, big opportunities coming up. I got I got some big stuff I'm working mm-hmm. on, but I don't want to let the counter back too early or, like, just yet because nothing's solidified. I know what you mean, yeah. But, like, I don't want to say, yeah, this is going to be happening, and then it just never happens. But I got a lot of big things I'm working on this year. We're trying to do some do something really big with the podcast, uh, trying to get some big guests on there that I'm currently in the works, for, works with. And, uh, man, just, just trying to just do more, do more with the podcast. And uh, just I'm kind of expanding my role at the station a little bit potentially. So, um, are you from KC? Yeah. Okay. So, um, like you was born here and everything. Mm-hmm. So Kansas City. Okay. So, um, how'd you come up with the idea for the Yada Yada podcast? Like, why would why did you name it that? Um, cause I'm a big fan of Seinfeld, the the TV show, mm-hmm. and there's an episode based around Yada Yada. You know, and I feel like the whole the concept because we were originally going to have it named the podcast about nothing, which is kind of like a play on Wale's album, the album about nothing, which is also like a reference to Seinfeld. But we found out somebody already had that name, so we had to think of something else. And I thought, you know, the Yada Yada podcast would be perfect for the name because this just kind of like the whole brand itself is just literally us sitting down with like either ourselves or artists and just talking like you know just about whatever. Because you know when you use the term Yada Yada, it could literally mean anything. It's just like used as a filler for like this content. So I think, like, for, for what we do, it's the perfect title because it's just us, you know, shooting the shits with artists or just ourselves about just whatever comes to mind. So it kind of, so that's how the whole title came about. It was a reference to Seinfeld and, you know, the whole play on the yada yada thing was something I thought that would be perfect for what we're trying to do with our podcast. So um, what age was you when you first started the yada yada podcast? We started it about, I think we're almost going on a year and a half. Okay. So we started it in probably of summer of 2018. Okay, so is that part of the radio or is it just your personal thing? That's my personal thing. Okay, I always wondered that. And uh, how did you get the interview with Denzel Curry? Denzel Curry? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, that got set up through the station. I'm really good friends with uh, the guy that set it up. He worked, I think at the time he worked for Interscope, but he works for Rock Nation now. And so he he and my program director are really good friends. And Denzel Curry was coming to town with Billie Eilish. And he was like, yo, man, I got Denzel Curry to come to town. You got any, is there any way we can get one of the personalities out there 
to like interview him for the station. <laughs> and my boss reached out to me about the opportunity. I was like, yeah, bro, I love to do that. I love to interview Denzel Curry. <laughs> so yeah. like that was that was a really great interview. We did so, on his tour um, bus. Why, yeah, why was it on the bus instead of a, like a more of a controlled space, like a room or something? I, I'm not really sure because I, th- I don't know. They got there the night before. They was kicking it. Um, I don't know. He was just on his bus. Like, because they were just chilling at the Silverstein Out Center's Arena. Mm-hmm. It's like in the back of the back of the lot. And I guess that's just where they wanted to do it. So, I mean, it was cool. I've never been on the tour bus before. So, yeah, it's cool. It big? Uh, I mean, it's a nice size. It's kind of, it's kind of like crouched together because we're on a bus. But, you know, it was cool going to his environment. Yeah, Denzel Curry is the GOAT. Yeah. He, so, um, how'd you end up getting interviews with Tech 9 That was also through the station. I've interviewed him twice now. The second one was really good. Yeah, you told me that you met him twice. So, um, what's the when's the first time you met him? I probably met him probably 2018. Uh, either December of 2017 or like 2018, one of those two. Because first time was for the toy and food drive we do for the station. Mm-hmm. So, we do that every December. And every year, he's one of a big one of our big donors. In regards to what we're doing, and so one year he came by the station to talk about his donations and whatnot, why it's always important to give back to the community. So that was my first time interviewing him and Chris Calico, and then the second time he was he was performing because he was teaming up with the Patrick Mahomes 15 Mahomes Foundation. They're doing like a benefit concert for like like uh, for Christmas gifts and whatnot mm-hmm. for the kids around December, and he was teaming up with them. He was putting on a show at Silverstein Outsiders Arena. So that's then he came by the station to promote that, and I got to talk to him and Chris Calico a lot more in depth about what they're doing and whatnot. Cause Tech, I think Tech just put out a song with Flatbush Zombies that I really like. Yeah, you, I, I, I tapped into the interview and you was all like, "Man, you killed." This. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's so dope because it's like this two like different worlds like in my music world come together and it, it made a lot of sense. But like my first, I'm like, he's doing a song with Flatbush Zombies. Like it makes sense, but like what's it gonna sound like? And it was, it was dope. It was really cool. Yeah, I always thought like hey, he's maybe a little too mainstream, but when he came out with that song with Flatbush and he came out the song with Marley Young, I was like, man, he, he's coming back up. He's officially a goat. Like, yeah, yeah, he's always been a goat. But then I thought like, man, he's just too mainstream or something. <laughs> Tech not mainstream. Yeah, he is because he had he had his, he had his moments. Yeah, he, he's mainstream. I mean, like, it's like I don't know. He he's mainstream, but not to like. A, like a mainstream mainstream level like he's mainstream because he's had like he's had those radio hits like girls go crazy hood go crazy stuff like that that just took off and went did huge numbers but like he's still i think somewhat underground he's like a mainstream underground artist yeah so um who's someone you always wanted to interview always wanted to interview man i like to interview vince staples a lot i think we could have a cool conversation him I almost like I was so close to getting a schoolboy Q interview. Like it just what happened with that? Man, I just couldn't get backstage. Like I had a the record label rep set it up for me, and uh, he gave me like uh, he gave me tickets in like a really special like TDE like VIP wristband, and he whole uh, wristband. Yeah, like a whole like TDE wristband. And he was like, uh, "It's." I asked one of the people that worked. There, I'm like, "Yo, man, what's this? What's this VIP wristband mean?" Because I, I I don't know what VIP is at the Midland. So I was like, yo, what's this What's this do? And they're like, oh, you can get this, this gets you backstage. You just got to have somebody get you back there. I'm like, oh, dope. Sean's like, performing. He, he's getting backstage. So I was trying to get backstage, but they said they had to have, like, it had to be somebody with a, a specific, like, hologram, like, little backstage pass. Hmm. So it had to be, like, somebody from his crew to specifically get me back there. So I never actually got backstage. So if you was to get backstage, you would have probably got the interview? I probably would have. I would have tried to finesse some. Like, yo, man, I got this wristband. I know the record label guy. Like, let me in. Let me, let's make something happen. <laughs> but nah, man. The guy that set it up said he'd had to be there to do it, but he was in Chicago. 
Dang, so um, is that going to be in the future works? Hopefully, man. I love to interview Schoolboy Q. He's a cool yeah. personality. I like interview artists that have personality. Yeah. A lot of artists, they just, I don't know, they just make music and that's really all they do. They don't really have a whole lot to say, which ain't nothing wrong with that. Usually a lot of them get it out in their music, so it works for them. It's just, you know. Like a good personality like Tyler, the creator? Yeah, somebody like that, like Denzel Curry, who was a good talker. People that just know how, like just have something to say, you know, in regards to just like what's on, what's going on around them. Or just yeah. like what's going on in their lives. So, um, how'd you end up getting the picture with Tyler the Creator? I got that when I was an intern. So it was about 2015, 2016. You was an intern for the radio? Yeah, I think it was the summer of twenty fifteen. So how'd you end up getting into the radio business? Like you gotta you gotta come up from an intern and then come up? Mm-hmm. So um how how'd that happen? So uh, I went to school at Northwest Missouri State for broadcasting. And after my junior year, I ended up getting an internship at Hot 103 Jams. And so my job there when I was an intern was to work with the morning show. At the, at the time, the morning show was a one-person show. So I'd get there every morning at 6 a.m. and help them like find stories for social media and post about it or just tell them about it so they could talk about it on the air. So that was kind of like my role. And then that summer was a really busy summer because we had a lot of artists coming to town. And usually if any artist was coming to town, they're coming by the station. So I met I met Big Sean like a week into that internship, and then Tyler came in June, and I was really ecstatic for that because it was like those rumors he might come. It was just like we don't know until like the day until the day is here. So they just show up. Yeah. So like you know, artists could say they're coming by, and then they just never show up. I've had that happen a couple times, and so so when Tyler showed up, it was pretty exciting because. Like, the guy interviewing him, he was like, you know, I don't really listen to Tyler like that. And I was like, oh, man, I do. Like, I kind of pass you on some questions to ask him for the interview. He's like, yeah, for sure. So I typed out, like, 10 questions, 10, 15 questions for him. And he pretty much asked all of them during the interview. So it was kind of like I was interviewing Tyler oh, without yeah. actually interviewing Tyler. So you, you got the interview with Tyler, the creator? Essentially. Like, I mean, you got the 10 questions. So yeah. I mean, you, you can call it an interview. It's like I mean. indirectly me interviewing Tyler. But uh, so I had a I had a role where I so we're pretty much so he was sitting right here like I was sitting right here and I was like recording it I was like yeah I'm just recording this for the station and whatnot yeah so um is that one of your biggest inspirations mm-hmm that was especially at that time he was definitely one of my biggest influences I even told him that man I was like man you helped me like find my wings this year and like once I found my wings like it landed me here and now I'm here telling you that you helped me find my wings like I'm looking at you right now like thanking you for that he goes dude that's fucking tight man thank you <laughs> yeah so um what do you consider your best year so far? My best year? Probably last year. Yeah, because I remember you said in one of your posts on Instagram, you said 2019 was probably the best year so far. Why do you consider 2019 your best year? Just because I, I, was, I was really happy about what I was doing. Like, mm -hmm. 2018 was a really rough year for me, personally. And so just to kind of bounce back in 2019, how I did, like with the Denzel Curry interview, uh, putting together the Yada Yada Showcase with, like, five to six of my favorite artists from Kansas City, like, that was... That was really dope to me because that was just like started out as an idea that I talked about in November and eventually it all came to fruitation in June. And then it also had like June, I, like earlier in that month, I just when I did the Denzel interview. So like everything was just rolling for me in June. Plus, you know, uh, my personal life was do I was doing great in my personal life. So everything was just working out. My career was going well. My personal life was going well. So and then the podcast has been like slowly building. So what year did you do the intern for uh, Hot 103 Jams? 2015, the summer. Okay, so it's 2020 now, so that was five years ago. So you was in college in 2015, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, 
You say you went. So you went to college for broadcasting. Yeah. So what is that for the people that don't know? Broadcasting is it's like it's, it's specifically mass media, but I went for like specifically broadcasting because the mass media is, it's a wide different different mediums you can perform in. But uh, pretty much broadcasting is anything in regards to like radio or TV, anything that helps you like you just just broadcast. You know, broadcast the news, music, television, entertainment, whatever it may be. So um, did you always like? Picture yourself doing interviews for people and stuff like that. It probably wasn't until the summer of 2013 when I actually thought about doing that. Because when I first went to college, I went to be an accounting major, and then I did like one math class and realized this ain't really for me. I'm not. I'm not that good with numbers. It's yeah. too frustrating to deal with. So that summer, I was just at home. I would always watch interviews with artists, especially artists I, I really liked, just to kind of like get another side of them. And I remember watching, like, these Sway interviews and these Breakfast Club interviews. I'm like, man, this would be, like, the coolest job ever, just to sit down with my favorite artists and just talk to them about their music and what they got going on. I was like, I could do that. And so I decided, going into my sophomore year, that that's what I want to do. So then I made that change to broadcasting. But um, this, yeah, I always wanted to do something with hip-hop. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I always wanted to be a part of it because I always just loved the music. I always loved the culture. I've always loved the genre and everything it stood for. So I wanted to be a part of it somehow, but I just never knew. Like, I, I'm not a rapper. I didn't want to rap. So I was like, I got to find another way to get in here and, like, just kind of make an impact. And this was probably, for me, the best way I could have done that. Yeah. So um, what do you consider your best interview so far 2019? 2019? Uh, oh, 2019. Oh. Um, damn. i probably say just the Denzel one just because... It was just cool because it's like it's Denzel Curry. And plus, Taboo was one of my favorite albums of 2018. It was a really dope album. And then Zoo came out. And I got to interview him right when Zoo dropped. So I got to interview him probably when he was like commercially at his most successful point. I mean, it's only growing now from here. But at that time, it was like his most successful time. And I got to talk to him about like the Raider Clan and Space Ghost Purp and stuff like that. And like, like for me, like if you told me back in like 2012 when I was in high school, like, yeah. You're going to interview one of the guys in Raider Clan about, like, Space Ghost Purp and all that. Talk about the reunion. Like, I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, that's crazy to me. So, like, Denzel Curry was cool. This for me because it's, like, talking to, like, an artist that I, like, I grew up, like, in high school listening to. Boss was a good interview, too. I forgot I interviewed Boss. Like, I always forget that, that that was last year. But, yeah, Boss was a great interview, too, because I remember being in college and one of my roommates was, like, a huge Boss fan. He would always play Too High to Riot, like, through all hours of the day, every day. And so, and then now, like three years later, I interview Boss. It's like cool little moments like that. Yeah. So, um, you have any future plans? Um, right now, my future plans is just kind of building up the podcast, just trying to do the most I can with it. Try to help expand and grow. Try to get more artists in the city on. Trying to get more involved. Helping the music scene in Kansas City any way I can. I got a couple of things lined up right now that might potentially help me do that. So I got that in the works. And then you know, just just building up my brand. Just trying to, you know, do everything that I can so I do more hosting. I've done a couple of TV stuff, so hopefully I get more of those. But yeah, just just trying to push my brand forward and the podcast brand forward. Yeah. So, um, you have anything else you want to say before we close up? Uh, I don't know what you got planned for the future, AP. Um, How long have you been doing this show? For a month. This a month? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you'd be surprised. Yeah, I got um, I done interviews with Marley Young. Uh, Lonnie, N.A. Lonnie. Mm-hmm. I got an interview with DJ Quanchi. Okay. Um, Actually, he just DJed at Kai show, right? Yeah, I know. I met him at the uh, Comethazine concert and the Young Gravy concert, and I saw him at the Comethazine concert. Just, like, walking up to you, and I was just like, hey, like, 
I fuck with your shit, like, you did hella cool, and he's fucked with me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, I'm just glad, like, ever since I've been in the podcast and seen, like, I meet people that have the same mentality as me, that wants to do the same exact thing. If it's not the same podcast and our, po- like, journalism and all that, it's more like, oh, they got this, this like, the grinding mindset, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why I really fuck with, like, a lot of the artists from KC. Yeah, they just the grind. Yeah, just the grind, it's just like... Yeah, I just like that's that inspires me just to keep going forward with the rest of us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, how old do you feel, mommy? Asking? I'm 17. 17? Oh, damn. Yeah. I knew you was young. I, just I didn't know you was that young. How old are you? 26. You're 26, yeah. man. So, you went to college in 21, right? Uh, in, Like, how old I was when I was in college? Mm-hmm. 21. From, like, eight, I was like 18 to 24. Oh, okay. So, um. Graduating in five years. Where'd, where'd you go to high school at? Park Hill South. Park Hill South. In Riverside, Grand. I was about to say here. Yeah, yeah Riverside. Riverside. Yeah. So, um, did you ever knew anybody from like Johnson County area or anything like that? Man, I probably did. Actually, not a lot of people I knew were like from North Kansas City. Okay, I feel what you're saying. So you always stayed on the North Kansas City side, the Missouri side, then more than just Kansas. So you're more of a Missouri guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cause like I went to middle school at Eastgate. So when I like when, when I went to East, like Eastgate Middle School for like sixth to eighth grade. And then when eighth grade was over, my family moved to Parkville, and all my friends went to like North Kansas City High School. So I knew a lot of people that went to North Kansas City because I went to middle school with a lot of them. Yeah. So um, I saw one of your Instagram photos, and it was you. I think it was Halloween. You had the Riddler outfit on. Yeah. So are you a big Joker? I mean, a big uh, Batman fan? Yeah, I think. I'm a huge Batman. Fan. Probably my favorite. My favorite Batman character. Yeah, Riddle, superhero. Riddler or, jo- or Joker is pretty much the coldest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't even make a movie. With Riddler. Yeah, there's always been talks about it. I know there's always been the longest that Leonardo DiCaprio was going to play the Riddler. But it's just one of those things like, yeah, it's kind of just been talked about. But I think the cool thing about Batman is that all his villains have really in-depth, like, good, cool backgrounds that you could build a movie around. Yeah, so, um, you ever think you can ever be in a Batman movie? I want to be Batman. I am the bat. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I, I would love to be Batman. What role you think you would play if you, you, if you was in a, um, a Batman movie? I think I definitely want to play a villain. Like I would love to play like a Jonathan Crane, Scarecrow type of character, just because his his like his his evilness is like a, a a super deep evil. It's like your your biggest fears come to like reality, <laughs> over like this little this little medicine or potion he has. That like he's cool. I would love to do a Joker, just because that's just a really cool unique character to get into. I'm really big on method acting. Okay. So but like that's kind of like the dangerous part about the Joker is the method acting. So, um, you ever thought of getting into acting in the future? Yeah, definitely. I acted a little bit when I was like in like school and whatnot. I've done like performances. I did I did a couple like SNL sketches in college. I had to play Kanye West one time. That was cool. <laughs> that that went over really well. And uh but yeah, I've always been like a performer and a slash entertainer. I've always like when uh I was a big wrestling fan growing up and I always loved like watching WWE? The Rock. Yeah. Okay. So like I was like I'm a huge fan of The Rock. The Rock's my favorite wrestler. And I always loved how when he would make the first ten minutes of the show is the rock coming out and just talking into a microphone. Everyone's like, Yeah, keep going. Like please don't stop talking. Like I always admire that ability that he could cut a promo and he would just have your attention for like every, for like the five minute period that he'd be like talking. And like you know, when he walks in the room you can feel like the electricity of the rock is here. And so, like, that's kind of how I approach, like, when it comes to hosting. I like to just feel like I'm cutting, like, a wrestling promo or something. Yeah. So, like, I said, like, what is it? The, yeah. that, that, at the cock. I'm so sorry, bro. The time just totally cut out. Just, just, just hit it again. Hit it again? All right, my okay. bad. Here, we'll have a second take. My bad. It's all good. 
Uh, yeah. Yes. So it was like at the at the Kai show. What I think I said before he came on, like give me a hell yeah or some shit. I, I did. So- I don't remember that, but uh, like, yeah. I did something like I did something along the lines of that, but I can't really remember because, man, them them beers added up really quick there. But <laughs> but yeah, like I just like I always like to do stuff that gets the crowd involved, just to kind of get some interaction to make them feel like they're part of the show. And like that's something like wrestlers growing up, like when I was watching them, always did like always had like little like little sayings that the crowd would do with them, like DX suck it, you know what I'm saying, like stuff like that that the crowd would be like here it is. And then they could get involved in the show. So, like, when I host, I kind of look at it like that, of, like, making sure that the crowd watching feels like they're part of the show, too. So, um, how many events have you done so far that you hosted? Uh, I've probably done more than 10. I've hosted a lot of show, uh, events for the show, for the station. I've done, like, a lot of personal shows for me. And, you know, uh, yeah, probably about, like, a little over 10 or so. It's something I'm trying to get more into and get more comfortable on stage. So, um... What's your favorite genre of music? Uh, hip hop. Okay. Do you have any uh top five songs? Top five songs? Mm-hmm. Like all time? I do this with all the people I interview, mostly artists, but I'm gonna do it with you just because you're always playing the slaps. You got the hot eight at eight. Yeah. You got the number one night show in the hot one of three jams. Yeah. In KC, you know what I mean? So I always wondered like what is your top five songs of all time? Of all time. Man, I wasn't prepared for this one. All right. Wasn't uh, <laughs> it just <laughs> happened. Here we are. Uh, all right. Uh, let me see if I can think of some. Uh, all right. Just now, this could change. It's just like off the top of my head. So, uh, in no order, it'd be uh, "Street Struck" by Big L. Um, let's see. I'm gonna say "Take What's Yours" by Mace and DMX. Uh, "Let Me Fly" by DMX, and then I say my favorite. Uh, let's see, Power by Kanye West. Is that four? Mm-hmm. All right, and then I'm gonna say Showroom by Currency. Showroom by Currency. I haven't heard. I haven't heard none of these songs. You ain't heard Power by Kanye West? I I'm pretty sure I have. Power. I mean, you are 17. So, um, you think Kanye's building a cult? <laughs> I, I mean, it's looking like he's building a cult. High key. Like, yeah, like, I used to be part of the, the Yeezus cult, and then around 2018, it got kind of weird. And I was like, all right, I'm going to hop off with this cult. Now, from the outside looking in, it does look weird. It does. Did like, you see the video of him falling off the horse? Yeah. That was pretty funny. You know? He is the GOAT, though. He's just Yeah, I can't. I can't knock Kanye, like, musically for what he, for, for anything musically. Like, for real, like, outside of, um... I don't like his last two albums, like Jesus King and then uh, Ye. But, like, that whole June stretch he did where he was producing everyone's albums, like, all the production was amazing. So, like, musically, Kanye is still, like, a great artist. It's just he doesn't really take the time to craft out the music no more like he used to. Mm-hmm. So, like, his 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 raps aren't as crisp as they used to. His flows aren't as tight as they used to be. And you can kind of hear it and how it, you can kind of tell his projects aren't are put together in a very short time span. As yeah. opposed to like, yeah, I've been working on this album for like nine months to get it right. So Kanye was always a perfectionist, and then he just started taking like this this minimalist approach. Like, yeah, we're gonna put this whole album together in like two weeks. Watch us do it, and they can do it. It's just it's not as good as it could be. I feel what you're saying. Did you uh, see the story about him holding off the album because he wanted to record in Africa? Uh when he when he went to Africa. Yeah, he wanted yeah. to hold the album release because he wanted to record in Africa. Oh, when he was, like, when he was gonna put out Yandi. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Because he did go to Africa. Because he was like, he went to Chicago with Chance. And then he says, I'm never leaving Chicago. And then like two days later, he goes to Africa. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Kanye, it's hard to keep up with Kanye these days. But, um, man, I did. It's just crazy to see how, like, when 2010 started to, like, when the decade ended to, like, how my, my opinion on Kanye just did, like, a complete 180. Because, like, 2010, I was, like, the biggest Kanye fan. And then, like, up to 2018, like, that just all changed. But I did get to see Kanye and Jay-Z on the Watch the Throne Tour back in, like, 20, 2011. Okay, when they came to the Sprint Center. So um, so what do you consider your best concert so far? Because you, you're, you're 26, right, you said? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've been to concerts for a minute. So um, what do you consider your best concert so far? Man, I've been to a lot of them. I kind of forget yeah. who I've seen sometimes. Uh, let's see, my probably, my favorite concert probably be Watch the Throne with Jay-Z and Kanye because that was the first real rap concert I've ever been to. And, like, just to kind of see it on that scale, like, I, it, like, completely blew my mind. But, uh, let's see, I saw Drake on the Take Care tour. So I saw I saw him. I saw Drake before with the Migos. Yeah. Um, on the Take Care tour was dope because I only got texts to go see ASAP Rocky because ASAP Rocky was an opener. ASAP was there? Damn. Yeah, so this is, like, when Peso and, like, that album. All right, nice. Tested. He, uh, this is, like, when the mixtape just dropped. So he was on tour with Drake, and then Drake also brought Kendrick Lamar with him which is around the Section 80 time. So Kendrick wasn't Kendrick yet, but, like, in the hip-hop world, like, he was really, he was really known. So I got to see Drake, ASAP, and Kendrick. Well, actually, Kendrick was there. I missed Kendrick's set because I heard ASAP Mob was in the lobby of the Sprint Center. So I went to the lobby to, like, I walked around the whole Sprint Center to try to find him, and then I eventually saw a guy, like, holding a blue cell like, holding, like, a blue phone, like, one of the ones that spin, like, on his phone. I was like, yo, you ASAP Nass? He goes, yeah, what's up, man? I'm like, yo. I was like, yo, like, no one knew who they were because, like, no one knew who the mob was outside of ASAP Rocky. And so, like, I ran ASAP Nass. I was like, yo, man, can I get a picture real quick? He goes, yeah, for sure. And, like, we're about to take the picture, and then I feel like somebody get, like, next to me and, like, put up a middle finger, and it was ASAP Yams. Yeah, so, like, I got a picture of ASAP Nass, then ASAP Yams just slid in there last minute. So, did you get the image with ASAP Yams in the photo? Yeah, it's on my Instagram. I haven't saw that one yet, but um, I saw the one where we had the picture with uh, Tyler the Creator. So um, was ASAP Rocky there with him? Nah, it was uh, Jasper was there with him. Oh, okay. Jasper was there, and then uh, the dude that does like uh, illegal civilization or something. His name's Mikey. They were doing the documentary for Cherry Bomb. Like I'm, I'm in the Cherry Bomb trailer, not the actual documentary itself, but I'm in the trailer. Man, that is lit. That was a wild day at college. So, um, have you ever traveled with your podcast business or with the Hot One of Three Jams business? Uh, nah, not yet. We want to. Like, ideally, it would be like ideal for us as a podcast is to like travel to a festival and get like media passes and, and just try to set up like little short interviews with artists backstage or whatever. If we can get that, you know. But I'm starting to build up connections in the industry to where like I don't know, I could probably make something work to where I can get that access. Mm. Yeah. So, um. You have anything else you want to say before we close up? Or? So, what you got planned for the future of this podcast? AP? The um, AP show, right? Yeah, the AP. So, uh, what do I have planned for the future? Uh, well, this ain't going to be dropped until two weeks from now. So, that's probably what I'm kind of going to be looking forward to. It's probably going to be like one of my biggest interviews for real. I, mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, Marley Young. I don't know if I mean, I'm going to be the biggest interview. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of the biggest ones. I like, personally, like, it's going to be one of my biggest interviews. I gonna, like, is this man, your favorite or is it going to be like, a, it's going to be like, yeah, a, it's probably going to be one of my favorites. Cause I, I like, I always listen to Hot One and Three Jams at 8, 8 p.m., Hot 8 at 8. Mm-hmm. That's when I tune in. Like, when I first met you, I don't know if you heard me, but I was talking about, uh, I was talking about, um, uh, the hot eight at eight, and how everybody from KC oh, yeah. turn, tunes in uh, for the hot 
eight slaps at the last minute. I'm just mm-hmm. like, man, like the summer, that was all like hot one three jams. It's like that's the only radio station I listen to. Like, I don't listen to ninety three. I don't listen to ninety five. <laughs> the only time I don't listen, listen to the vibe, man. The only time I you don't catch the vibes. The only time I, I don't listen to hot one three jams is on Sundays because it got the church music playing. Yeah, it only goes till noon though. Really, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't it's, know it's, that. It's not a whole day event. I didn't know that one. <laughs> but no, nah, I, I thought understand. it was a whole day thing. Cause that used to be my thing too. Like wake up early on Sunday morning, like oh, what's on the radio? And it's like, damn, it's gospel. Man, yeah, I was. But like, yeah, it's like man, just like having like watching Chiefs game, got Hot One and Three Jams yeah. playing on in the background. It's like Hot One and Three Jams has always been there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's always been like my favorite radio station since like. I've been little, you know what I mean? Same so, here. So, like, yeah, yeah, it was my, my favorite station growing up. Now I'm on the station. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, man, that that's a... So do you see any progress from how you are from now to... Uh, from, like, back from... Back when you was in college to how you are now? Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's, like, a huge difference. Because, like, when I first started doing radio, like, I like I like, as soon as I changed my major to broadcasting like that fall semester i was immediately getting thrown into the radio and they were like yeah you know because it's best to get that hands-on early experience like early on because like you know you go to some universities i heard mizzou if you go to broadcasting there you won't get on like on the radio for like until like two years into your major so like you won't you could go there as a freshman broadcasting but you won't actually go on the radio till your junior year but at northwest it's like yeah man you want to do radio here like we'll throw you on at seven o'clock and yeah so you get that experience early on but it's good because you can find yourself as a radio personality. Like you can find like what's like what's your niche, or you can grow into your own, so to say. So when I first started working on radio, my biggest problem is that I would get nervous and I would talk really fast, and it would show in like my air checks. So I had to write out a script, and then I would focus on enunciating or pronouncing words correctly and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Enunciating. So I was doing earlier, and I was like, I was thinking, I was like, I was just sitting here in the car, I was like. So how'd you meet Denzel Curry? <laughs> <laughs> Get a little shaky in your voice, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, right. it happens. It happens. But, you know, I, I so I was I worked on, like, my just my delivery, first and foremost. My delivery, my enunciation of, you know, when I speak, just to make sure that when people hear me on the radio, they hear me clearly. And then after that, I, once, I, once that part got down, I was able to, like, just throw more personality and more pizzazz into it. And eventually... I grew into like the radio personality I am now. Like the person who I first was is completely day and night difference to who I am today. But that's because I've been able to get more comfortable and grow. You know, on the radio, it's so easy. Like I just did the morning show with Chris Calico for like a whole week and we got to just vibe out and just, just, just shoot the shits with him. And like that was cool. But it's just like, like, I don't know. To be on the radio is really easy. It's like doing the interviews is the hard part because, you know, you meet these artists that you hear on the radio all the time. Like when I met Lil Baby, I'm just like, it's just me and Lil Baby's locker room. And then, like, he's got nine of his people. I just got my homie Jay shooting pictures for us. And then the label rep, homegirl, help, helping us out. I'm like, yo, kind of just, like, in your kind of like in your space. And I don't know how, you know, we meet artists, you never know how they're going to react to you or how, the, like, what mood they're going to be in, if they're going to be ready to talk to you or whatnot. So you always got to be prepared for whatever. And so I just never know, like, you know, do you hate doing interviews or are you happy to be here? Or I'm like, you know, are you happy to sit down with me? But regardless of how they feel, I got to still do this interview. So there's always, like, jitters when it comes to doing interviews with artists. So, like, when I interview Boss, when I interview Lil Baby, even Denzel Curry, like, I had a, a sense of, like, nervousness, but also more more so excitedness, or, like, being so, more excited. So what's the story behind how you met Lil Baby and how you got the interview? Uh, let's see, I interviewed him. I actually interviewed him, like, the week Yes Indeed went number one. So it was, like, Lil Baby's, like, peak, like, commercial success at, at the time. So he was performing at the Truman with Quality Control. 
and or he was uh, with, with uh, City Girls. So City Girl was on tour, and this is before he was a Blueface. No, nah, no, nah, this is this is like the year before that. Okay. Because he came with Blueface and City Girls like at the middle of the year after. Yeah, okay. But that so the first year he was here, he came with City Girls at the Truman, and so earlier that year I interviewed Rich Homie Quan, and. The, the the label rep that set it up, she was coming to town with Lil Baby and the City Girls. And she hit me up. She was like, hey, I'm going to be in town with Lil Baby and the City Girls. Like, do you want to interview Lil Baby? And I said, yeah, I want to interview Lil Baby. No, nah, I just don't interview Lil nah, Baby. I'm, I'm busy that day. Cause not, some, <laughs> I mean, because some people just don't care. Like, some like some, some radio personalities just, like, they're just not, like, into, like, that part of, of, like, the job. Or, like, they're not really into the artists or the music like that. So, like, if they get it, cool. But if not, like, they'll pass it on to somebody, like, that'd be interested. So, so I, I, that's how that happened for me. So she hit me up. I was able to go to the venue. We got there at 7 because she said he'd be there at 7. And then she's like, yeah, he won't be here till 8. And then it's like, yeah, he won't be here till 9. And then he didn't show up until, like, like, he had to go on stage. So he got there, like, 9.45. He probably performed for, like, maybe a little, like, maybe to an hour. So I didn't interview him until after he got done performing. And so while, while we were waiting backstage, I could have interviewed, uh, was it Young Miami from City Girls? The one that's not that wasn't locked up? It's like JT's the one that got out, so yeah, Young Miami because she was rolling dolo at the time, and so she was like, "You want to interview with like Young Miami?" I'm like, yeah. She's like, "Okay, cool. We'll do it after this, this little baby interview." I'm like, okay, bet. But like, since we waited to the end of the show, she was already gone. But so yeah, I had to interview little baby after he got done performing, and I don't know if he because he was just probably tired or what, but he really just did not want to do this interview because like every city he went to, he said he would do an interview with the station, but he's not going to the stations. So if they want to do the interview, they have to come to the venue. So that's why I had to go to the venue to do the interview. And then he kind of didn't really want to do the interview. I was like, yo, man, because I always like to be very, like, uh, considerate of, like, their time. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, I was like, yo, man, you want, like, a time restriction? You got somewhere you got to be? He goes, yeah, so, like, let's hurry this up. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, we'll make this quick then. So it was, like, a two-minute interview. But the cool part about it was, at the time, him and Gunner were working on that project together. And they kind of, they talked about it, but they didn't say no details about it. So I was like, yo, man, I heard you and you know you and Gunner working on a project together. Like, you have any idea when that's coming out? He goes, oh, yeah, it'll be out on this date. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, have you guys announced that before? He goes, nah, that was the first time, like, like I, we probably made it public. So I kind of got to break that little news about, like, like the date of that project coming out. So it didn't actually drop on that date, but, you know, it was cool getting that little break. Yeah, so, um, um, shit. I don't really know what else to say, fam. I mean... I appreciate you for coming through. Oh no, thank you for having me. So, so what's, so why'd you get into podcasting? I just why, uh, so you know Street Wave. Yeah. Okay, so he had an event, you know, No Scope. Yeah. Got an interview with No Scope. Anyway, so No Scope was performing and Lil Twerp was there. I know Lil Twerp personally, so like that's my boy. He's probably watching this. He's watching. <laughs> he this should far. be. <laughs> he always watches my interviews. That's so, like, good. I'm just gonna tell my shout him out. But anyway, so. He get, he had a he had a plus one because he was performing right he was the DJ or whatever so he I was his plus one because his girlfriend didn't want to go and I was like shit I'll go fuck. yeah so I went and then like they see you know it um I just saw what he did and like I was like man this is what I want to do and I see Nardwar and I was like man like I just want to blow people's minds like that it's like how the fuck you know this like yeah he be sitting there just be like then people just be like man how the fuck you know that how the fuck you know this and I'm just like man like. That's what I want to do, like. Yeah, actually, yeah, I love doing our work, dude. Like, yeah, like just like to I, that level of like, cause people like takes you years, you know. What I mean? Yeah, like you, you want to be interviewed by Nardwar, and that's kind of like I kind of want to get to that level of respect. It's like yeah, it's like with him, 
Um, it's like you can't get the interview with him. He has to interview you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he usually he's just, that weird. He just like wherever you happen to be at. And a lot of times it takes like place in Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, the thing is, is like the difference between him and a lot of people is just like he brings a lot of gifts and shit. And I'm just like, yeah, I can't do that. I always, bro. I always heard that they don't actually keep the gifts. How, how are you gonna give somebody a gift and not? Because like he did it. I don't know if it's like it was like early on, but he did an interview with Nas back in like 2007. He was just like still like just a random dude on YouTube that just got a big interview. And uh, so he got an interview with Nas, and he was giving him, like, all these cool gifts. And he, Nas was like, oh, man, I get to keep these? And he was like, oh, actually, nah, you can't actually keep these gifts. And Nas got pissed. Like, Nas was just completely cold-shouldered him the rest of the interview. Yeah, so, but um, I think it might change because, actually, no, nah, because he interviewed Currency, like, twice. And then, like, Currency, like, took off with the gifts. And he was like, yo, 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 I actually need those gifts back. And he was like, no, Jet Life, boop, gone. Uh, yeah. I'm, so um, have you ever had anybody walk out on you in the interview? Uh, nah. I mean, thankfully not. You never know, because you never know what might be a sore subject for artists. But thankfully not. I always I always try to keep it professional. I'm not really a person that's interested in, like, what your personal life is, unless you talk about it on your album or you talk about it in your music, or if it's just something we have to talk about. But, like, if you got arrested for child support payments, I don't really care about that. Like, I'm not going to ask you about that. <laughs> or, like, who are you dating? Like, I saw you and Lori Harvey in a picture. Like, no, I don't really care. I just want to talk to you about your music, and then if I happen to ask a question or a subject that might be a little sore, then that's my bad. But usually I'll ask them beforehand, like, yo, is there something you want to talk about specifically or is there something you don't want to talk about? And usually the label reps will do a good job of letting you know, like, hey, whatever you do, like, don't ask them about this. Like, when I interviewed Boz before the meet and greet, they was like, yeah, you can ask Boz questions, but don't ask him about, like, the Tory Lane stuff. Because at the time, Tory Lane's like, I'll battle J.I.D. and anybody from Dreamville. This is, like, when Tory Lane was trying to, like, freestyle battle everybody. And he called out J.I.D. and the whole Dreamville squad. So they was like, do not ask Boss about the Tory Lanez comment. I was like, all right, for sure, fair enough. Like, I'm not really interested in, in that stuff anyway. So um, what do you consider, like, your, like, so you think, like, the little baby one was probably, like, the one, like, how would you consider it? More like he wasn't more interacted into the the interview. Was that probably him the most? Yeah, yeah, he'd probably, he, he'd probably be the one I would say that was definitely not trying to do the interview. Like, he, you could tell he'd rather just... He didn't want to do it, but they kind he kind of had to because it's just like you know part of, part of being an artist, the label set it up for him. So that's why was, they was like you know if you'll come to the venue, he'll do the interview, but he's not gonna go to the station to do it. So it was it was like my first time. Cut out again. It cuts after twenty minutes each time. Y'all wanna do a third take? Or? Yeah. Yeah, we do one more, then we'll wrap it up in this one. Uh, one. Two, yeah, just go. Yeah, and then uh, so little little baby he was the first my first interaction in the industry where i had i felt i could feel like the coldness from a from an artist of not wanting to actually be there so i mean it wasn't a bad interview i made it i made it work for what what it was but two minutes yeah for like i I was ready to go like maybe five minutes like all i really need with ours like five minutes five to ten minutes and we'll call it good but he wasn't even really trying to give me that so i was like okay let me just make this short concise and for being a two-minute interview it was really good and plus you know i got to say i interviewed little baby so it's still a nice little, you know, feather on my cap. So I'm not mad about it, but that's just the industry sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, some people say that uh, Snoop Dogg's a dick in person. Really? Yeah, I think it's because, like, me and my homie were talking about that shit the other night when we were smoking. And we was like, man, he was just telling me. He was all like, shout out to Barb's, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, so uh, 
he was all like, man, we're white. We're like little white boys. Why would he talk to us? Like, why would he even pay attention to us? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like, he's his own thing. We some, uh, like, we're just like another fan of his music or something. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, and I think like a lot of artists, they think like, oh, you're just another like white boy fan or something. They don't think like, oh, like. This dude might be like entrepreneur or like a, a journalist or something like you know what I mean. Yeah. They always think like I I have a feeling like Snoop Dogg is like that type of person, but I never met him. He seems like a nice guy, but you know what I mean. I just think like he's an asshole to some people. And that's kind of it, like when I understand like from like a little base perspective when I look at it from his perspective, it's like who am I? Like I'm just I'm just random dude backstage. Like hey man, can I get right, this interview? And so it's like I understand if they if they just like feel some kind of as long as they don't like openly disrespect me. Like, like as a person, then I don't care. Like, like you know, as long as they don't be disrespectful towards me, I don't really mind how you act. As long as you don't just make it personal or get like get disrespectful about it. But like, that's just it. All comes back to like a respect thing. It's like, who am I in this industry? Like, I'm just somebody in Kansas City. So like, from him, he's just here visiting. I'm just a random dude backstage that the label set up for him from the radio station. So I understand why he felt he wasn't disrespectful by any means, and like he ain't call me like a bitch or nothing. Like while we we're doing this interview, so it was all good. Yeah. It's just like I could kind of sense that he didn't want to be there, but it was still cool to say I interviewed little baby. So. It's not, it wasn't a bad experience by any means. It's just, you know, like, it's just kind of like one of those, wow, like those first real eye openers in the industry. But, you know, I feel like down the road when I, I build up my name and my, who I am and what I do and get like to like that level of respect, I'll be able to look back on it like, yeah, bro, I interviewed you on this day. And he'd be like, oh, damn, that was you. It'd be like one of the cool moments I could bring up to him. And then hopefully the next time we have this, we have our, inter- we have another interview, I'll be somebody respected. So it'll, it'll be like, it'll be more smooth and more cordial. Yeah. So, um, do you have an Instagram people can reach you at? Yeah, yeah. You can follow me on Insta- my Instagram at JMF Cornejo, just C-O-R-N-E-J-O. All one word. Follow me, holla at me. I'm around. you have any uh, upcoming events? Uh, let's looking? see. Upcoming events. Uh, Man, now at the top of my head, nah, just, we just trying to just do more podcasts. I'm always on the radio, so that's always an event. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just hear me on the radio on Hot 103 Jams. I'm on the night jam, 7 to 10. So, um, how often do you have to go to the radio station? Damn near every day. Except for, like, there'll be one day in the week where I don't work. So, like, usually, like, a Tuesday or something. But other than that, I'm at so, the station, like, six so days a week. So, it's a paying job, or is it just, like, oh, you just go there and do what you gotta do? And leave? Uh, no, it pays. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know how it went, but, yeah. That's pretty lit. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get into that work. That'd be pretty lit. Mm-hmm. You know, broadcasting. Yeah. You already got a little start on it. Yeah. It's just all about just building your name up and what you do. Yeah, um, so I'm wrapped up for this episode. All right. I appreciate you for coming hey, on. Hey, thank you for having me. Shout out to Boss for holding the camera. Being really My man. <laughs> you just behind it. Yeah, you just behind it. But um, this is it for the AP show. This is Joe Cornejo. Peace. Life.